Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show from the arts to sports and from business to history and everything in between, including your story, send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. And now we bring you the story of Taylor Dooley. She's an actress most known for her role as Lava Girl in The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, the 2005 film. She has returned to acting today in the Netflix film We Can Be Heroes. Here's Taylor with her story. I was just a little girl with a big dream when I was 
probably 10, I, I want to, yeah, I was about 10 when I caught kind of the acting bug a little bit. I had been through a few modeling classes and was modeling and having fun. My dad saw this thing to be able to take some acting classes and thought, hey, maybe you might like that as well. So I did absolutely fell in love with it to my parents dismay they they didn't they didn't know anything about the acting world or anything about it nor wanted me really to be into it much but once their daughter fell in love with it they kind of just really pushed me through that we were living in Arizona at the time and my mom was crazy enough and wonderful enough to start driving me back and forth to auditions for commercials and such. So we were driving like eight hours a day to come to California to go on an audition just to drive back home, which was absolutely insane. And then my agency suggested that I should go on theatrical auditions for TV shows, movies. So they kind of switched me over to there. And that's when one of my very first auditions was The Adventures of Sharkboy and Lava Girl. I ended up booking that, which was such a special, special thing. And that became kind of the catapulting thing that took my career over a little bit, which is absolutely amazing and I feel super, super blessed for. But growing up in the business is kind of very crazy and I think that people don't touch on it as much. We kind of hear about it a little bit in the news and with people who grow up in the business, you kind of, the media I think shies away a little bit from that. Growing up in and around with everybody around the same age as I was, you know, hanging out with everyone from Nickelodeon and Disney and all those shows and all those fun things after Sharkboy and Lava Girl came out. It was so much fun and I had like such an interesting childhood getting able to meet all these fun people but my parents the entire time had this thought that I just was a hard childhood. They they thought that I should be able to be a kid and not be working and so that's kind of when people find me nowadays on Instagram, everyone's like, where did you go? After Sharkboy and Lava Girl, I kind of vanished a little bit from the entertainment industry. And it was because my parents had the want to take me out and make me live a normal, regular life. When you're a child actor, you have usually, I mean, even as an adult, you have a manager and an agent, usually. And when you're a kid, they don't they don't really talk to you, they talk to your parents. So I didn't really understand or know much of the business aspect of anything. It just was my parents handling everything. So they behind the scenes knew of a lot of stuff that I didn't know that was going on, which is why I, I had I in my brain more license to be angry at them when they did pull me out because I didn't know all the business and stuff that came from it. But my parents just felt like it just didn't feel like you could have an authentic childhood if you were busy being a little adult at 10, 11, 12, even, you know, even as a teenager. Because when you're a kid, you just usually have to worry about kid things. But when you're in the business, you start worrying about things like, you know, how many auditions did you have before you got a call back or how many times you, you know, you've booked something, all your friends are working and you're not working, but you're only 14. Most people aren't working at your age. So there's so many rejections that happen before you get one yes, that as a kid, it's really hard to swallow that because you're not usually dealing with that amount of rejection as you know as an adult you go on work interviews and you you are prepared for that mentally and emotionally but as a kid you don't you can't separate the why didn't I get the it's you're kind of you're selling yourself as an actor a little bit you know and it 
hurts when you don't get things consistently for a while. I also twofold had something else going on where I, I kind of grew really early. And in the business that they want older kids that look younger, not younger kids that look older. And so I had a lot of people want to book me for auditions right after Shark Boy and Lava Girl. And then I got so old looking that they would, they were like, well, she doesn't look 14. And I was 14 at the time. I'm like, but I am 14. So my parents were just looking around and just seeing all the, how all this rejection was like devastating my confidence in who I was. And I was such a, my parents always describe me to myself. They'll tell me that I was like a really self-confident, super outgoing, they would say, and I was like a little spark plug and a few years in the business. And it was really, I was getting depressed and I was getting sad because when you love something that that much, I, I couldn't understand why I wasn't working when some of my friends were or things weren't happening for me. And it just was really devastating to who I was. So my parents didn't like that. And they were really worried about what that would look like and translate to into adulthood or young adulthood, just having that self-doubt. And so they wanted to put me in high school to just take a break from it and not worry about it and to be a normal kid so that I could come back as an adult and be able to handle the rejection and everything that comes with being an actor. At the time, I didn't agree with them. <laughs> and I think I, my mom put me in high school and I remember crying in the front office, telling her that she did not love me because she was making me stop acting and go to school like a normal teenager. And I remember just being such a wreck in the front office of this high school. Like, if you leave me here, I promise you, you just hate me. You must hate me. I was so upset with her. And you're listening to Taylor Dooley tell the story of her experience in Hollywood as a child. By the way, everything she's saying applies to grownups too. It's a tough, tough life. It is a life filled with rejection. And by the way, her parents, luckily for her, saw the change in her life, the depression from a spark plug to a depressed teenager. And so the family interceded, intervened, and protected their daughter. When we come back, more with Taylor Dooley, her story, here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash OAS. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we return to Our American Stories and the story of Taylor Dooley. She played Lava Girl in the adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. But her parents decided that the acting business was not a good environment for a 14-year-old girl. So they took her out and put her in regular high school. 
Taylor was upset at first, but now more than 15 years later, she has a different perspective. Back to Taylor. And hindsight, I, it ended up being the best thing to ever happen to me because I got to kind of live not such a sheltered life and do some of my other life goals before I was able to get back into acting uh, now. So I'm thankful that they did that because it, I definitely learned a lot about myself. And I had a few years, I think, that after leaving the industry that I kind of got really upset and mad at God for a while because I I would say to him, why did you put something so deep on my heart? Like, why do I love this so much, but yet I can't do it? Like, my friends are working and I'm not. Why is that? And I realized throughout the years that it was just because I had already always prayed and wanted an adult career and to be an adult actor because I never really wanted to do the kid fluff stuff. I was always so much older than my age acting. I was like 13 and I used to tell everyone I wanted to be like Natalie Portman. I was always very, I just wanted a very serious adult career, which doesn't happen when you're a kid usually. So it kind of was, I think, God's way of answering my prayer in a roundabout way. You just never know when you're in it and it feels emotional when you're in it. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm thankful that I didn't work through those years and that my parents pulled me out and I was able to take that break because it allowed me to, as as I said, it allowed me to kind of grow as my own person and heal from some of the wounds that I feel like as a kid, child actor, I got from the rejection and all that stuff and, and to be able to just kind of have a basis of who I am. And it also helped shepherd kind of more of a of faith. I've always, my family has always been, I kind of grew up, my parents found God when I was young-ish. I think I was like five or six when we started going to church. My parents started learning a little bit more about God. I am from, originally from Michigan. My whole family, um, my parents had never left Michigan when, uh, until we moved for my brother's health. And my brother was a twin, born insanely prematurely. He was born three and a half months early, and but we ended up losing my uh, one of the twins, one of my brothers. But my brother was a miracle baby, my other brother, who did make it. Uh, his name's Andrew. He made it, and his lungs were just severely underdeveloped, and the cold from Michigan was uh, really hard on his lungs, so we needed to move someplace warm. So my parents found Arizona, which is insanely warm, so it worked out perfectly. And my brother, who could barely walk because his lungs were so horrible, I think we moved when he was four and I was six. And by the time we moved to Arizona, we were there like two weeks and he was already being able to swim and dive in the pool. His lungs had just developed so much better in the warmth, which was such a blessing in and of itself. But that's my brother is kind of how my parents found God because with the tragedy of the twins and not knowing my brother was in the NICU for over 100 days, because when he was born, he was born just over a pound. He was just the tiniest little thing. They kind of through that experience and losing my other brother and trying to worry about whether my my brother Andrew was going to live, they, they found God and found their faith and kind of kept it through all those years. They really were what showed me what faith kind of looked like, but was kind of crazy is that we... We're kind of all learning to do it together. My parents, were they called themselves baby Christians at the time because they didn't really know anything about it. So they just, we all kind of were learning together as a family, which I think made it so much closer for all of us. We were always very close. 
So I kind of was always grown up knowing about that, but I uh, kind of really took my faith as my own as I was able to step out of the business and kind of be a teenager away from everything. And when you're kind of that age of angsty, wanting to know like what this world is about, it was nice to be able to be away from the industry and being away from that to be able to kind of cultivate my own faith and my own identity as to who I am because when you're in the business at such a young age it's like such a sheltered people kind of tell you who you are because it's it's like an oxymoron you have to grow up so quickly uh, and be a little adult at like 11 years old but then you they also tell you who you are <laughs> it's like as a kid it's really hard to muddle through what's what and so it was nice to be able to take a step back and then when I went to high school I I didn't I, I tried theater for a little bit and I loved it, but it just didn't feel like, there was like always this cattiness because I was an actress that the, and because I used to work that I felt like it's some of my theater, the, the people in theater were so catty with me about that. And I didn't, I didn't want to deal with all of that. So I was like, yeah, um, I'll quit that and not do that because I just didn't have the time or want to do that. So I instead, found my own group of friends, which I still have to this day from high school, and was able to, in the very beginning, they were, I, I got made fun of because I was Lava Girl, and it was usually in an endearing way. People would call me Lava Girl. It was like they were ribbing me, but, uh, you know, in high school, everyone likes to make fun of everybody, and at the same time, Taylor Lautner, who played Shark Boy, was going to high school with me, so people would make fun of us because Shark Boy and Lava Girl went to the same high school knew that people were just ribbing us when they all, you know, loved the movie. So it just rolled right off my back and I was able to make friends that, like I said, I still have to this day. And then all that space and time from the acting world allowed me to be able to make friends and people with, with people who kind of had no idea who I was in a certain way because sometimes some of people when they were older didn't necessarily watch Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Actually, when I met my husband, funny enough, he people used to call me Lava Girl and he had no idea because my husband's 10 years older than I am. He had no idea what a Lava Girl was, so he thought it was some really weird nickname from high school. And finally one day he was like, why do people call you that? And I had to break, I was like, I'm an actor, I was a child actor, and I was this character, Lava Girl. He had absolutely no idea for like the first, I think, like five months that I knew him, which was nice. It was nice to just be, you know, a normal human being. Went to college, graduated college, met my husband, which all of which would have never happened, and had two beautiful, amazing, wonderful kids and was able to kind of somewhat live a normal life until Robert Rodriguez called me in 2019 because we shot in the fall of 2019 for the new movie, We Can Be Heroes. I had just had my daughter and she was two or three months old when I got a phone call from Robert telling me that he was wanting to bring back Sharkboy and Lava Girl for this new film and that we'd have a daughter and all this really fun, exciting stuff about this new movie and was asking if I'd be willing to come back and play Lava Girl again after all these years. And it had been 15 years since Lava Girl first appeared in my life. So I was totally gung-ho for it. I was able to go right back to work a few months later. I got my butt into shape after being pregnant. <laughs> so uh, I had a few months to get back in shape and was in the fall filming We Can Be Heroes with Robert getting to be Lava Girl again with my crazy pink hair and and they were so sweet to let my entire family come to Austin, Texas to film. So I had my kids with me and it was just such a wonderful 
kind of reintroduction back into the business and to me just such a beautiful way that I felt like God was telling me that after all these years I did the right thing by stepping away my parents actually who made me did the right thing by making me step away because I was able to come back into the business from a new perspective as a mother as an adult as a wife as a adult woman to be able to make more decisions and and know who I am now after all of these years it was just such a beautiful thing and I I've told Robert this but I have like such special feelings for Lava Girl because she kind of she started my career twice now she is light that's her character that's like her superpower is that she's not just that she's lava if you've seen the first movie it's all about the fact that she discovers that she is light and it's just to me such a beautiful kind of symbolism in everything to be able to come back as Lava Girl all these years later who's just light. And I just kind of feel like that's what I'd love to be in this world if I can. Just would like to spread love and light. And wouldn't we all, and a special thanks to Robbie and to Faith for producing and putting together that beautiful piece Go to Netflix, We Can Be Heroes is the movie, and you get to see Lava Girl 15 years later. The story of Lava Girl, the story of Taylor Dooley, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. 
Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. we return to our American stories. And now it's time for another rule of law story as a part of our rule of law series, where we show what happens when there's either an absence or presence of the rule of law in our lives. Here's a story about a landmark case on economic freedom in the state of Texas. My name is Wesley Hoddit. I'm a senior attorney with the Institute for Justice. I've worked at IJ since I graduated from law school in 2008, and my first job was at IJ's then new Texas office in Austin. I was working there a little bit late one night, I think it was around 6.30, and a couple of guys came into the office after everyone else had left. I didn't know them, but I went out to the front and introduced myself. They were Ash Patel and Anvar Ali Satani, two business owners who said that they had a problem with the state and they wanted to know if I would agree to talk to them about it. From there, I learned that their business was being threatened with being shut down because they employed eyebrow threaders. These are typically South Asian women who use a beauty technique involving nothing but a single strand of cotton thread. They put tension on that, form a kind of lasso, and it allows you to precisely remove hair around the eyebrows for beautification. And when Ash and Anver had set up their business, they told me they looked at Texas's cosmetology laws and saw nothing specifically about threading. They plowed ahead like all good entrepreneurs do without asking permission. And it turned out that the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation had, after the fact, decided that they thought threading was cosmetology. It followed that everyone that worked for Ash and Anver needed a cosmetology license. None of them had one. And as we later discovered, the cosmetology schools weren't teaching threading or testing anyone. They were gonna go learn other people's cosmetology techniques. They were gonna go learn other people's jobs 
just to qualify to continue doing their jobs. And you're talking about women that had been doing this professionally for 30 years, discovering, you know, at, at the age of 40 that the, the state expected them to go back to school. Now, we all understand that that could be impossible for a variety of reasons. We're talking nine months of schooling in a licensed cosmetology school. They're almost always private businesses at, at a minimum. For, for some people, it takes two years, depending on what license they're trying to get. You've got to pay that private business quite a bit of money. You know, it usually ranges from like $7,000 to $15,000. You can't work while you're going to this school, because again, you've got to be there full time. You probably will, however, work for the private cosmetology school, which has people come in and pay for cosmetology services, but they keep the money. At the end of all of that, you have to take a couple of exams. There's almost always a practical component where you have to show that you know how to do the basic techniques and there's almost always a written component, like a test you would take in school about how bacteria grow, where different styles originated from, what people mean when they say things like a beehive or cornrows. So this is an example of what we call occupational licensing. It's the requirement that before you can do something to pursue a living, even though we all consider that thing to be legal, you need the government's permission. Now, there are a lot of professions that automatically come to mind when we think about occupational licensing, doctors, lawyers, engineers, and indeed the licensing of those professionals has been around for a long time. But in the 1950s in this country, it was about 5% of the American workforce that required some form of occupational licensing. Today, it's much closer to 20%. And that has profound social and economic impacts, particularly for people who are on the margins of society and on the margins of where it makes sense to begin licensing people for things. Cosmetology is a good example of this because it's often the first rung of the entrepreneurship ladder, especially for people from other countries who don't have a lot of language skills and a lot of other opportunities, right? This is perhaps why you see recent Asian immigrants predominating in places like nail salons, or why you see like recent African immigrants predominating in places like hair braiding salons. It's because they have a marketable skill that people will pay for. It's just they've really only got one. And cosmetology licensing in the 20s might have been about basic sanitation, but as time has gone on, it's become more about incumbent control of the industry. I mean, there's, in every state, there's a committee who has jurisdiction over an executive agency whose responsibility it is to regulate the cosmetology industry. Usually by law, that agency has to be run by cosmetologists. You know, everyone that's on the, the board of the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation 
there's supposed to be at least some people who are cosmetologists and some people who represent other walks of life. And so that agency will go to the relevant lawmaking committee and say, we think there need to be more restrictions on, for example, this new practice of threading that we're only beginning to see in our state. And the people who will be in the audience to sort of provide public comment will be you know, beauty school owners and other cosmetologists. And that means that the people who control the policy outcomes are the people who stand to gain or lose the most. And I mean, the motivation is obvious. You wanna keep new competition out of the market so that you can charge more. So their basic question that night was, can you help us? And, you know, I, I sort of gleefully said, we might be able to, because I had been studying up on the Texas Constitution and was familiar with a line of cases on the one hand that provided very robust constitutional protection against irrational regulations like this. And on the other hand, I was aware of another line of cases that hewed much more closely to the federal constitutional standard for economic regulations, namely the rational basis test. Is there any conceivable justification? And if there is, the economic regulation is constitutional. So I was aware of the tension between these two lines of cases, and I wanted a case involving an economic regulation that would allow us to tease them out. And I immediately saw the potential in Ashton Anvers' predicament. And when we come back, more with Our American Stories and with Wesley Huddett. And he's an attorney with the Institute for Justice defending Ash Patel, who runs an eyebrow threading business in Texas. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we're back with our American Stories and our Rule of Law series. And the story of the Ash Patel case as told by his attorney, Institute for Justice lawyer Wesley Hoddit. When we last left off, Ash Patel, a man who employed eyebrow threaders, had been told he'd have to shut down his operation and send all of his threaders back to cosmetology school for anywhere between nine months and two years of courses that didn't have anything to do with their craft. It seemed burdensome, and there was a disconnect between Texas's laws and the federal laws on economic freedom. So Wesley thought he might have a case. Let's continue with the story. There was an uncertainty in Texas law. There was one line of cases that seemed to say, we do something more than what the federal government does when a person complains about a regulation that's making it too difficult or impossible to support themselves. And one line said that the government needed to have robust reasons that lined up with the real world. In other words, under Texas's culture and traditions and and laws, the government had to have a good reason for requiring a restriction on someone's economic rights. And that reason had to make sense in the real world. I'll give you an example. There was a case from the 60s 
where a small Texas town had restricted the size of fuel tanker trucks that could come through the town. Their justification for that was that they were concerned about fires. What that required in practical terms was that the large tanker trucks that operate everywhere else had to stop outside of the town and transfer into two smaller tanker trucks, which, you know, the court recognized based on testimony at a trial was a huge risk of fire. And having two trucks on the road that could go boom was worse than having one truck on a road that could go boom. So the court in that case, it's called Humble Oil, ruled that under the Texas Constitution, the law was unconstitutional. You couldn't require that sort of irrational justification. Now, under federal law, the story has been quite different since around the, the New Deal period. Under federal law, we currently have an understanding of the U.S. Constitution's protections for economic liberty as being very anemic, almost worthless. The federal Constitution, the Supreme Court has told us, requires only some conceivable justification for a law. And so I think if we compare that to the Humble Oil case, the government's going to get a lot of leeway in determining the size of fuel tanker trucks because fuel tanker trucks go boom. And indeed, the federal case law bears out that kind of government-may-do-anything reasoning. So that is why when Ash and Anver came into my office and described their problem and said, can you help, that is why I was so confident that there was a there there. Because state Supreme Courts exist to resolve those kinds of conflicts within their own case law. You know, lower courts are supposed to know what the law is before they can apply it correctly. And if, as in Texas, you know, you had these two lines of cases, some of them hewing to federal constitutional standards and some of them hewing to the more robust Texas standards, then there's confusion that can lead to inconsistent results depending on you know who your judge ends up being and where you end up filing your case. The whole point of bringing this case was to establish that under the Texas Constitution there has to be a real and substantial connection between what the government is trying to do and how the regulation works in the real world. And even if that connection exists, courts still ask, is the regulation unduly burdensome in light of what the state is trying to achieve? It seems maybe like there could be a real and substantial connection to health and safety. If you go to cosmetology school, you do admittedly learn things like washing your hands. But what Texas was requiring was 750 hours of instruction. That's about nine months of a full-time job two tests, neither of which had any you know, material about eyebrow threading specifically or about sanitation specific to eyebrow threading. And so our argument all along was it takes about an hour to learn the sanitation that you need to learn to be a safe threader. You need to wash your hands, use new thread with every customer, and keep the work area clean. So it's just inconceivable that that could take 750 hours to learn. We never disputed that there could be a license for threading. 
It was just that this license, the 750-hour two-examination requirement that didn't involve any instruction in threading, was obviously unconstitutional. So, like so much of public interest law, this case started out with a loss. The state won. We appealed and we lost. The state won in the Intermediate Court of Appeals. And then we had to ask the Texas Supreme Court for what lawyers call discretionary review. And they agreed to take the case. Um, we won in the Texas Supreme Court by a vote of six to three. Now, five of those justices agreed with our argument that the state constitution requires a real and substantial relationship between a regulation and how it functions in the real world and also can't be unduly burdensome. They struck the law down based on that Texas test. One justice agreed that this law was unconstitutional but didn't think that there needed to be an independent Texas test to make that ruling. He thought the law violated the federal rational basis test because it was just so inconceivably <laughs> justified. But, you know, there were three dissenters who were very vocal about the fact that they did not want to be reviewing economic regulations, did not take seriously Texas being different from the federal government in terms of its protections for economic liberty, and thought that it was perfectly fine that threaders were being required to spend nine months in a private beauty school learning nothing about their own jobs. Now, I, I, this was a huge landmark victory for for IJ, it was obviously life-changing for the clients in the case. It, it's an incredible feeling to have the, the patience to wait years from, you know, we launched this case in 2009 and we got a decision from the Texas Supreme Court in 2015. So it's about five and a half years from beginning to end. And it was mostly losing. So, you know, it's an incredible feeling to, to have that, that victory call with your client. But there's so much more work that needs to be done. I mean, this is one case in a sea of burdensome economic regulations that really require court intervention. And it's very difficult to get, you know, at least judges of the current generation to unlearn what they were taught in law school, that there's no economic regulation that a court can strike down. You know, it, what, what is needed here is like what is needed in so many other aspects of American life today, nuance. Of course it's true that the political branches have the right to decide who should get to practice what occupations. But it is also true that we should not allow them to do that at the behest of the regulated industry and only for their benefit. In the American constitutional order, courts are there to ensure that individuals' rights 
are being honored in the lawmaking process, right? And it's absolutely essential that there be more cases like Patel, where particularly state courts, but ultimately federal courts as well, take seriously the time-honored individual right to use your own labor, your own hands, to support yourself free of any restrictions that aren't justified by a need that the public has, not a need that a particular lobbyist or lobby might have. And a special thanks to Monty Montgomery for his great work on the piece. And a special thanks to Wesley Hoddett, the Institute for Justice attorney, who you heard tell this remarkable story, this important story, another rule of law story in a part of our rule of law series here on Our American Story. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.